Did you know that studies have shown affirmations can profoundly influence your psychological well-being, enhancing self-confidence and reducing anxiety? Here at Positive Birth Australia, we have crafted a 20-minute birth affirmations track filled with soulful, carefully curated affirmations to empower, inspire, and guide you to deeply remember the power you hold within. And to my fellow belly birth mothers, we have created a track specifically for you to honor that all birth is a sacred moment of profound significance. For only $5, you can download and immerse yourself in our affirmations track to transform your mindset in the lead up to birth and during labor, serving as a potent reminder of the inherent power and love you possess. Visit us at www.positivebirthaustralia.com or head to the show notes and follow the link provided to start your journey toward a more empowered birth experience. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia, a podcast created to empower and educate mothers along their own pregnancy journey. Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Sky Marie. Let's get into today's show. Welcome back guys. Today's show is a very special episode as it features the beautiful and divine Roxy who is actually my partner's cousin and my fellow Aries sister. Roxy always knew she wanted to be a mum, but she had some deep ancestral fears associated with birth that she knew she had to work on to release. We chat about the deep dive she took into learning and living by her cycle, conscious conception and her textbook perfect labor and birth. Roxy put some serious work into her journey from maiden to mother, so there is a vast amount we can take away from this story. I hope you guys enjoy today's show. Roxy, my airy sister, welcome to PBA, girlfriend. Oh, hello, Skyzy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I feel like we've been waiting for this day for so long. Literally. I remember when I told you I was pregnant, you were like, can't wait to have you on the podcast. (laughs) And now we're here. We made it. Do you want to just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So we live in the Bayside area of Brisbane, so the Redlands, and I have my amazing husband, Jack, and my little eight-week-old, Amity Jack, and we've got my fur babies, Mishka and Taj. You guys are the perfect little fan. Now, I want to take it all the way back to the very, very beginning with you because I know you did so much mind, body, spirit work on yourself. When did you start this journey? Can you take us back to those moments? All right. (laughs) Oh, man, that's a big question because I feel like for me – Birth was like the biggest fear for me. Yeah. I was absolutely petrified of giving birth. Um, I've always known that I want to be a mum. I've always known that. Um, but the idea of birth was sort of like really blocking me. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously because I've been together with Jack for so long, people were always like, when are you having babies? When are you having babies? When are you having babies? Mm. And about I probably would say about three years ago was when I really started putting the work in for myself going, okay, if I know I want to have babies before I'm 30, um, let's work it back. How am I going to get there? Um, mm-hmm. So my cycle was really like the core of my um, prep at the beginning. So I just wanted to be – I got off the marina. I took a deep dive into learning about my cycle and absolutely like honouring and loving living by my cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, like honestly, I think we could do like a whole freaking – series of podcasts on cycle and all of this because it's a massive passion topic for me but um being a, being able to live by our cycle is such an important thing that we need to sort of transition to as women um what do you mean by that though when you say live by it could you explain that a little bit deeper okay so i think that um the world that we live in is a really masculine dominated world we mm-hmm. literally live by how men's hormones work which is over a 24-hour period, men's hormones reset. So they live day by day. They can start fresh. They can they can rest and then they can, yeah, and then they can re-go again. And that's the sort of world we live in. We work Monday to Friday jobs. We, yeah. 
you know, have weekends off and things like that. Whereas women, we have monthly cycles. We have periods of rest within the month. We have periods of extremely high energy and like that's, you know, when we're ovulating or the lead up to our ovulation and our ovulation is like our power time. That is when we are on fire. That's when we feel hot. We feel flirty. We feel <laughs> energized. We're like, we are the queen. Like we can do our whole house. Yes. We can work. We can do, we can be creative. We can do all the things. So and then true. we're like, shit, I feel shit now. Like, why can't I do what I was doing last week? Oh, okay. Now I'm on my downwards part of the cycle towards when I get my period. Um, and that's essentially the, like the beginning of our cycle. We, we, ta- we take, um, we take rest, we recuperate, we're mm-hmm. a bit more creative. We can really like use that energy and the cycle to live our lives and plan and, and, and recenter ourselves really. Yeah. I've never heard it explained like that. That is so interesting. Yeah. And you know what? Like, I feel like we are so privileged and blessed as women to have our cycle that we can, yeah have this reset every month and go, okay, we're starting again and, and know that that power mode of our ovulation and everything is coming and what do we want to achieve in that time or what do we want to achieve in each part of our cycle, cycle which each of our parts of our cycle have different like almost powers. Yeah. <laughs> we're like superhuman. Yeah. <laughs> powers, sorry. So yeah. how did you go about learning about all of this and what was it that led you to start at your cycle first? I feel like I was just really drawn towards learning more and I I just learned all of the things via podcasts and reading and um, just consuming as much information as I could and also just connecting with my cycle, so observing how I felt. So um, coming off the marine and coming off the pill and doing fertility awareness method, do you know too much about what that is? No, not at all, so please elaborate. Yeah, so basically... Fertility awareness method is a, um, a style of contraception. So we can track our cycles via is <laughs> talking um, via our temperatures, like our be- our body temperatures in the morning, as well as to know when we ovulate, yeah. as well as our cervical fluid, um, and just generally tracking how our moods are and how we're feeling and everything during the cycle. So I would just track my cycle and learn my body and learn how I'm feeling over the month and and picking up on the patterns and talking to other people who are doing the same on forums and Facebook groups and talking to women about how bad they are. He's seriously singing at this plant. I'm just got a plant next to him and he's singing at it. Oh, I can Sweetheart. see it. He's so, so freaking gorgeous. He is gorgeous. So how long did you do that method for? Yeah, literally um, since we got back from our honeymoon. So it was probably about three years of – because people worry. They're like, oh, can you really do that successfully and not fall pregnant? You know, accidents happen. Mm-hmm. But we successfully – Used fertility awareness method as our contraceptive contraception. Well, how many years? Sorry, three. Sorry, three, three years. years. Wow, uh, that's awesome. And then the the month we chose to welcome a little baby and open those veils, he came through. Then it was really, I guess, um, mind, body, spirit, as you were saying. So, mm-hmm. from a mind perspective, I just really wanted to focus on my mindset around birth and clearing some of those fears. So, I know that my what all I knew about birth was that my mum, she had had three C-sections um, because of preeclampsia mm-hmm. and I had sort of grown up learnt, knowing or feel, thinking with the belief that I would need a C-section, that preeclampsia was hereditary, that I had, you know, all these beliefs in, my, in the back of my mind that mm-hmm. I not, knew I needed to clear. So it was really about the mindset side of things. I was binge listening to podcasts like the free birth society i absolutely binge listened to yeah and was just like in awe of the power of women just like wow we Mm. are built to birth can Um, i quickly just ask what was that moment like for you realizing that because i know for me it was such a big moment in my life when i was like wait a second it's actually not something to be terrified of you know man i know i feel like for me it was like I listened to some of these podcasts and I was like, holy shit, like yeah. this is incredible. Like we, and it was really that moment of going, why do we fear birth? Mm. Why, how did we get to where we we are with the, you know, the cascade of interventions that we know to be true and things like that. And I just think that 
for me, it was literally like a, a light bulb moment of, holy shit, I can do this and yeah. I'm going to do this. And that's when I really committed down to reading all of the things and listening to podcasts and talking to, you know, just what we consume obviously is what we become. So mm. um, consuming all positive stories and filling my mindset and everything with that. Was there a particular favourite that you had? I love Anime's Guide to Childbirth best, yeah. um, and obviously Rhea Dempsey's uh, Birthing with Confidence yeah. is like heaven. Yeah. I know that you love them as well. <laughs> Top recommendations, yeah, absolutely. Yes. I feel like it's a common theme but for a reason, for a good reason. And I guess just, you know, body-wise getting myself into peak physical health before I fell pregnant. I know that Jack was – he was starting to get keen um, before I was and he was saying to me, I'm ready when you are. And I was like, all right, I, I'll let you know when I'm ready kind of thing. <laughs> but I was, you know, getting my body into as healthy as I can, doing lots of yoga, lots of hip opening yoga, getting um, ready from that perspective, doing it. I did a bit of a um, detox first and then I did uh, focused on re-nourishing my body after a detox. Mm-hmm. And I did, Jack did the same, so a bit of a liver liver cleanse for him because obviously men, they only contribute one cell to the, well, we both contribute one cell, but we want yeah. that sperm to be the healthiest sperm yeah. that we possibly have. <laughs> so doing a bit of stuff with him and just like spiritually connecting my, like connecting to the to a spirit baby mm-hmm. we, we both thought that we were going to have a girl so we, we felt these little spirit babies sort of flying around mm-hmm. I usually do my meditations and sort of intention setting and everything through the moon so on a new moon I'll set intentions and mm-hmm. do a bit of like a ceremony and then on the full moon I do a lot of releasing and releasing fears and releasing things yeah. so so you and Jack were kind of on this journey together the whole time yeah 100% I feel like as I was learning things, um, I was sort of drip feeding and giving him some um, information as well and he would question me. He was always very interested. Obviously, in the beginning, he was like, holy shit, that seems pretty wild. Mm. Um, but then by the time, the good thing about that was by the time we actually were ready to conceive, he was 100% on board with me and we knew it was, you know, going to be a, a home birth one yeah. way or another. So. so you feel that the research and prep is what set you up to confidently choose a home birth because it's still pretty controversial to birth outside of a hospital. So it's a pretty big decision to make. I think that to me, I believe that women should birth wherever they feel the safest. I think that if you feel safe, comfortable, happy, everything, that is where that physiological birth process is just going to unfold well. Mm -hmm. And for me, and you know, if for some women, if that is in the hospital, they feel safest, great. But for me, being at home and being removed from that um, black and white, red tape, Mm -hmm. you know, intervention sort of environment where they're literally governed by a whole set of rules and things felt the safest to me. And I guess, you know, I'd been listening to Free Birth Society and I actually did the Free Birth Society online course as well. Um, And I guess when I did fall pregnant, just jumping ahead a bit, I went and met with my beautiful midwife Meg from a Texas village mid- midwifery mm-hmm. thinking, I don't know whether or not I'm like actually considering free birthing to be honest, but terrified of it. Like I wanted to have a wise woman with me yeah. that could, you know, be with us through that process. And in there, in case there actually is an emergency, because we're not ever saying there's never going to be something that goes wrong, but um, trusting that my body not, you know, our bodies most of the time know what to do. And yeah. if there is a true emergency that we will seek help if we need it. Um, and when I met with Meg, I was just like, wow, she really is the perfect person for us because she a hundred percent trusts women and their body, but also, um, you know, knows when to seek help or, you know, what to do. And she's trained, you know, mm. type of thing. So, yeah, exactly. And what was the reception like with everyone around you? Like, did you get any backlash? No, there wasn't a lot. I wouldn't say there's a lot of backlash. Like I didn't, I um, have a lot of people that were like, really home birth mm-hmm. at all. It was more just, they would question. And then I was more than happy to really like talk about um, 
from all perspectives. So from my perspective, as well as some of the research I had done, and there's evidence literally out there that people can read that show that home birth does not increase any risk. If, if anything, it's um, the less risky option for people who have um, low risk pregnancies mm-hmm. uh, who want a natural birth. Yeah. So I would just say to people if, yeah, our perspective um so family they just know us they know that jack and i are going to do things the way we will mm-hmm. um and more i think we're open to learning um and i think it probably took for example like my mama she was obviously a little bit fearful from her experiences yeah. that she had with her birth but she she always trusted me and i remember the moment that she said to me um i, th- I don't think i was maybe halfway through my pregnancy and she said to me I just want you to know that I, I really believe in you and I know that you can do this and you will do it. And, mm. oh, my God, honestly, it was like the most. She's the best. Yeah. It was just really, really special. So, and we did, I know that Jack even got, like, when he was sort of on boys' weekends and things, he got a lot of questions from the boys being like, why wouldn't you just be at the hospital? Mm. Um, and it was amazing that all of the knowledge that we had learned together he was able to pass on and be like, if it's not in a medical emergency, why would you treat it like it? You know, just, oh, it's so amazing. So amazing. You should have him on the podcast too. Like, the oh, hell yes. <laughs> hell yes. He has to come on. Jack, you're that coming on. That would be on. amazing. <gasps> Jack. Please. Uh, everyone needs a Jack. <laughs> a Jack and a Dale. Yes. <laughs> should we hire them out? <laughs> I've thought about it. Daddy doulas. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah. There we go, guys. You can quit your day jobs. <laughs> So good. Okay, so do you want to take us through your pregnancy, starting with your um, when you guys first consciously conceived? So we were in lockdown. So mm-hmm. it was COVID lockdown. The year before, um, it had been like the most hectic year, and we had said 2020 is going to be our slowdown year, but it just hadn't happened. We were just like still going fast paced. But then COVID happened, and everyone was just forced to slow down. Mm-hmm. And I know it was a really obviously sad time for many people, but for us it was the most magical time of just being home and enjoying our company, connecting, like having fires out the back, loving our music. And, we, and that was when we were like, you know what, why not? Let's let's open the veil. Let's have, let's have a baby. And we were just like so excited about like a baby and Jack always wanted a baby in January. Anyway, so we – Obviously, the first time we tried, like that month, we we conceived. So I think going by my cycles and when I think I ovulated on my birthday. So he was like my little birthday present. Best birthday present ever. I think. That's what I'm running with anyway. I'm sure it would have been. Obviously, yeah. Yeah. And how was your pregnancy? Yeah. I feel like I had a really, really beautiful pregnancy overall and I loved it and I just have so much appreciation and awe of the female body it's actually insane um I think it healed a lot of my sort of self-love um self-esteem kind of issues that I've had always Mm -hmm. but so my first um trimester I felt like a little bit seasick as ever you know as Mm -hmm. as most women know the the feeling but I just ate constantly pretty much I was just like a snacking machine to, (laughs) to counteract the nausea um, but at the time, and obviously the, the fatigue that some, well, uh, that I felt, um, but at the time I was like, I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Like I'm fine. And Jack's like, are oh, you fine? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Like, I don't even feel bad. But only when I got to the second trimester, when I was like, hallelujah, praise Jesus. This is what I'm meant to feel like was that I realized that in my first trimester, like he knew more than I did. Cause I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good. Hey, yeah. I'm pretty good. I'm fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> So the second trimester, I was like, oh, my God, this is what I meant to feel like. I started getting like a, you know, proper little bump. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is good. And then third trimester was my favorite, I think. Like just amazing having like a big bump and feeling him moving and just all the things that come with third trimester. Um, Matt leave, having all that beautiful time to connect and be on our own. And I just took myself out for brekkie dates and just all the things that I I knew I couldn't do once I have a baby so really prepared from that perspective as well Mm -hmm. um I I had a I had one scan so I had a scan at 20 weeks so the morphology scan Mm -hmm. which is good because um 
just obviously seeing the baby was just amazing, but I didn't feel like I needed to or wasn't called to um, before that. I just trusted that everything was going really well and that why wouldn't it? My, I'm healthy, Jack's healthy, um, yeah. and just trusted that everything would work out. Um, and But we do live – this is just a bit of a joke, but we live about 150 metres away from a 5G tower and, uh, like, early on our pregnancy we just joked being like, we hope there's a face in there because, you know, there's a 5G tower. You might not have – like, the baby might not have a face. Oh, God. So when, when we had our scan we are just like, he's got a face and it's, a, and it's the right way up because one of our beautiful good oh. friends, Lukey, he was like, he'll, ha- he'll have a face but it might be upside down. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's the right way up as well. Oh, that's funny. But, yeah, so it went well. And obviously during my pregnancy I did a lot of more fear clearing and um, one of the sort of bigger fears of mine, well, obviously my biggest fear was transferring to hospital because I was worried about the cascade of interventions and things that could happen at in hospitals. So mm-hmm. the only two, well, the main two things that could risk you out of hospital, a hospital, I mean a home birth, sorry, are, twin pregnancy or breech birth yeah that's sort of you got to transfer hospital so at the 20 week scan I was like yes only one baby in there great and then the bre- the breech sort of fear came up right at the end I was like con- I convinced myself that he had turned breech I keep saying he but we didn't know mm-hmm. um his gender yet obviously but um my beautiful midwife was able to completely put that to rest just by she you know feeling where the baby was and things like that so yeah okay yeah. Roxy let's go to that first sign of labor yes. <laughs> so well the day before um he came was my last midwife appointment mm-hmm. so I think they're about every month like every four weeks and regular contact and could be more regularly if we needed and then at the end a bit more frequent mm-hmm. um and so I had my kind of basically 40 week appointment so I was 39 and 6 so it was the day before my due date or my oh. estimate date sorry um and that's when I had like that fear about breach and everything and completely cleared all my fears and every time I left my appointment with Meg I would just feel like rejuvenated again fully trusting myself again just what you want out of your appointments hey just she was incredible uh so I had so I was feeling just revitalized did a big meditation at my birth altar and we had just finished our birth space set it up with like beautiful fairy lights and um plants and all the things um and that night we made pulled jackfruit burgers I mean tacos sorry and had my sister over and it was just the most fun night. We just laughed until like literally my stomach was just like shaking. <laughs> like, we, oh, man, I laughed so much during my pregnancy. I feel like do pregnant women just get the giggles because yeah. I and Jack, Jack I, I think I, made, I, I did a post about it once. I was like pregnancy made me seriously realise how funny Jack is. Yeah. He is so oh. funny because you belly just like fully jiggles around. <laughs> Hilarious. So we had the most incredible night with my sister and then we went to bed just feeling great. I think the oxytocin was just flowing and usually it's funny because every night before we went to bed I would just make sure that, that we'd do a whip around, make sure the house was tidy in case that was the night. But one of the biggest things I did though was prepare um, in case I went over. So I was prepared to go up to 42 plus weeks. Um, I, so in my mind, baby wasn't coming for another two weeks. So it was actually a complete shock. So that is such a crucial tip that I feel like every first time mom needs to embrace. Yeah. Literally like the normal, the normal range can be two, you know, two, two weeks either side plus some, I think, Mm. you know, some babies just cook longer or the, um, we got the conception date off a bit or you know I think that if you look into what that where the origins of the estimate or due date comes from it's really important that we um you know don't focus on it focus on it black and white yeah yeah Yeah. so you didn't clean the house (laughs) didn't clean the house we went to bed happy hearts though um and then in the middle of the night at some point in the night Jack woke up and he was like I'm just feeling really anxious, hey. Mm. And I was like, okay, um, 
you know, hadn't, he hadn't felt anxious in a really long time. So I was like, oh, that's strange. So we just said, you know, go outside, have a look at the moon. It was the most beautiful, like, third quarter moon that night. It was so bright and have just deep breaths and what have you. And he just did that, came back to bed. And he was like, oh, I'm still feeling a bit anxious, but I'll just go to sleep. Um, and then at 1.40 in the morning, mm. I woke up with my waters releasing. Like, it was just like, yeah. Um, yeah, and I just – I was so excited. I just woke Jack up. I was like, oh, babe, my water's just released. And he was—he just woke up with the biggest smile and he was like, oh, my God. And later on I found out that's when he, all his anxiety just disappeared. I just mm. feel like he was anticipating it. Hey, he just knew something was coming. Yeah. Um, so obviously like, he helped me clean up and everything, but we were just so excited and laughing because we had sort of joked during pregnancy that this was like game day. Like we're like, mm. game day's here. Um <laughs> Because I guess one of the things I think is important to sort of talk about is Jack and I had done a lot of prep work together and just like our connections and everything. And one of the things I really wanted to make sure he felt was that it's okay for me to be in pain or to feel uncomfortable because I'm giving birth. Like you don't have to try and be sorry for me or feel like you need to save me from it. This is like, you wouldn't, if if you were watching someone doing a triathlon and they were pushing themselves to the absolute peak of their, you know, performance, you're not going to be like, Oh, shame. Like let's try and take some of that like away from, you know, they're, they're at their peak performance. And I think a lot, you know, a lot of people talk about that and Rhea Dempsey talks about that a lot as well. Um, so I spoke a lot about that with Jack and we did a lot of prep because he loves me so much. Our partners love us so much. They want us to, they don't want to see us in pain, mm-hmm. but we were, I was saying it's, it's pain with a purpose. It might not even, it might look like pain, but it might not be pain. Mm-hmm. Um, just things like that. And so he likened it to, okay, it's kind of like you're very boy, boy brain, um, like a, a grand final, like, <laughs> you know, you just got to push through you. you it's, it's tough. And it's hard work, but it's great. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. And I'm like, yes, babe, it's just like a grandpa. So we're like, it's game day. It's game day, baby. Oh, Um, God, I love you guys. Oh, so good. Um, So we we just knew that that obviously could be, it could be, it could could start now. Or, you know, my waters might break. We might just go through the night when daylight comes. We might no longer be in labor because that's often happens with women is at night, as you know, I know, at night, um, your surges and everything ramp up, labour progresses and then daylight comes and it might, you know, stop for a bit and then it might start up again the next night. So yeah. we were like, well, you know, this may or may not be day. Let's just see how we go. So I said, you go back to sleep. But I was obviously now wide awake So and I was suddenly starving. So I went to the kitchen and had uh, had some food um, and was just excited. So I went and lit my birth candle because I was like, this is it. This is coming. This is the start of labor. Um, sat at my birth altar and did a big meditation and just read my birth, my, um, all my affirmations and, um, went outside and just stared at the moon. And honestly, I, I was just, I called upon every single otherly worldly being that could possibly help me in my birth. I was just like, please, you know, I'm calling on the universe, the, my spirit guides, the ancestors, the, you know, the Aboriginal ancestors, my ancestors, as well as the Aboriginal ancestors, because, mm-hmm. and I said, you know, the Kwandamuka people, which is the land that we live on. Um, and just fully, fully, fully regathered myself and just put that full trust in my baby and my body and spoke to my baby. And up until that moment, I had thought it all along it was a girl. Like I remember telling you, um, every time I would picture my birth, I'd vis- do visual. I did scripting and visualization. And when I would visualize the baby coming out, I would always see a penis first, oh. and I would, in my mind, change it to a vagina. I'd be like, <laughs> "No, it's a girl," and I would change it to a vagina, which is so funny now looking back on it. But I was like, "No, it's definitely a girl." And then, but that night I was like, I think, I think it might be a boy. So I, I have moon earrings that I was like, I'll wear my moon earrings if I think it's a girl and I have sun earrings and I went and put my sun earrings on and I was like, I think it's a boy. I don't know if anyway. I've ever told you this, but the last yeah. time I saw you at whatever family thing it was, yeah, it was the first time I had seen you and felt boy vibes. Did you? Yes. Oh I remember God. even telling Deb that I felt boy vibes. It was the first time ever I'd felt them. Wow. But I was like, Gonna keep it to myself because we're trying to manifest yeah, we're like, a girl. And... 
but it's a girl, it's a girl. And it's funny because random people obviously just felt boy from me so much because people in the shops would be like, oh my God, little boy. And I'd be like, no, I don't know. But now that I have him, I'm just like, holy shit, I can't think of anything more than just having him. It was him the whole time. And he's just the most perfect little human ever. It's actually insane. But, um, oh yeah, I put my sun earrings on. Um, smelt some lavender because I had been every night before bed smelling lavender, which get me into a really calm, you know, I associated lavender with like calm, restful state. Um, and I think at that point I felt a bit sick, vomited (laughs) and cleared the decks downstairs as well, Mm -hmm. which is, I was like, oh my God, maybe this is actually on. Hey. Um, and I started getting like a little bit of light cramping like almost like period cramping but nothing major and I was you know having little surges but I'd been having practice surges from about 35 weeks so I was like this might just be you know more Braxton Hicks contractions but then when I vomited and cleared the decks I was like okay I think this is on so I went and got a heat pack for my for my belly and I went and laid in bed for a bit and then I was like nah okay we get up I woke Jack up and I was like please get up and start doing the to-do list because I'm feeling anxious that you're sleeping and I think this baby's coming today. And he was like, all right, it's on. So we got up and we messaged our lovely midwife and messaged Kate at that point. Or actually, no, we hadn't messaged Kate yet. Um, I just, we went into the lounge and I tried to cocoon myself because I, I wanted to get into a really relaxed state, I guess, or at least I thought I did. But as soon as I laid down or sat down or tried to relax, I just needed to walk. I was pacing. I was walking. I was sitting down, standing up, squatting, sitting on the toilet, um, straddling the toilet. And then when the light sort of, I started seeing, oh, it was, it's daylight and things. And I was like, this is not slowing down. I felt like it was ramping up and I was like, okay, this is getting a bit more intense. And I said, maybe can you just message Kate? So Kate, obviously my beautiful moon sister, my cousin and your sister-in-law, just mm-hmm. for people who don't know, she's a beautiful um, birth photographer and videographer. It's absolutely like her life's calling. Yes. She is, isn't she just so freaking talented? Oh, I'm constantly Ooh. blown away by her. A hundred percent. So when, so I said, I just feel like I, I want her here. And I said to Jack, even if you just say to her, if things don't progress, she can leave again. Because obviously mm-hmm. first birth, I'm like, there's no way I'm having this baby right like soon. <laughs> um, it's been like no time at all. So she, so he messaged her and, and she was like, yeah, coming. So she, she got there about seven, here about seven. Um, and when she got here, it was just, yeah, beautiful. Like she just was able to just be really present, help Jack out with a few things. Um, and then Jack would really just focus on on being with me as well. And holy shit, he was just the most incredible support. He just showered me with love and presence and just kept me so beautifully grounded. Mm. Um, and he was just like, you know, sending me strength the whole time and later on in the birth, like coaching me with my breathe, you know, helping me, mimicking, mirroring my breathing and, and showing me and helping me sort of stay present. It was, he was incredible yeah. and laughing with me and dancing with me and cuddling me and just every, felt like he just knew what I needed in every single moment. Yeah. Um, and so I think once Kate got there, I, I, at one point I was in the kitchen and I was standing on the, um, swaying and leaning over on the kitchen bench and I was like I feel like I can feel my body pushing like I was like every now and again I just go (laughs) you know like I was like oh and I was like whoa and I just looked up at Kate and Jack and I was like I feel like maybe my body might be starting to push but I don't know um I was like I don't know crazy it's so crazy and Kate was like oh okay so I saw them straight away jump into action and started filling up the birth pool they called Meg everything and I was like nah guys like nah, I don't feel the birth pool yet. And I was like, really? And then eventually they were like, do you think that you might want to go in the birth pool? I was like, no, it's way too early. And they're like, oh, you, you can always, you know, hop back out if you if you want. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, I forgot to mention, I, I don't know if I mentioned I had the, had the TENS machine on my back. No, you didn't. So, so right from the beginning, I, I just asked Jack when he got, when we first got up 
get me the tens machine and we put it on the, my back and I had my heat pack on my front mm-hmm. and every surge I would just like boost the tens machine um, and I just felt it really helped and it was just amazing felt amazing mm-hmm. and gave me something to like focus on as well as well as my breath and jack and the music yeah um and the music the playlist so we had written put together a playlist of really really like meaningful beautiful songs for the for him for baby and they would make me cry and I listen to them every day so the music I was just in the music as well um kept me so grounded uh and then so they said do you want to get in the birth pool and I thought it was too early but I was like okay I'll give it a go as soon as I got in that water sky mm. oh, my body just like was like whoa this is where I'm meant to be it felt so relaxing the warm water it was incredible um and I could just like move so freely I felt weightless yeah and I think I, I well I was only in the birth pool for just over an hour. So I think it was about maybe an hour 20 or an hour 10 um, in there. But so I just labored. And that's when the second stage of labor. So I was really like the pushing phase. Um, Was Meg Meg there by then? Meg arrived once I was already in. So when Meg arrived, it was like a warm hug. I just felt, and she, she didn't say anything. She just had the most beautiful energy and presence when she walked in the door. And I just looked at her and I just went Meg. And she was like, hi. And she just put her hand on me and she was just there. And I was like, ah, oh, beautiful. And I remember earlier, Kate and Jack thought I was like holding off for Meg to get there, but I wasn't. I was literally just trying to slow this baby down. Cause it was like, they were, I was, everything was just progressing so quickly. It was like, Ooh. I was like, at some points really roaring hay it just felt amazing I just felt like I was in my strength mm-hmm. in my full power I could just feel how powerful women were and you know when they people say you can feel the power of all women who have ever birthed before you and things mm-hmm. it's so true and I the best way I can describe how I felt was I felt like I was on many many dimensions all at the same time like I was I was present and fully focused and I was here and I was with with everyone but then I was away somewhere on a many other planes hey as well mm-hmm. and the music kept me grounded and so did Jack um and so between surges I was able to like be really present and, and in the music and laughing and singing and a few songs came on that we just absolutely pissed ourselves laughing to. <laughs> and so in my second stage I guess I was like in and out of roaring. Then I was felt like I was so blissed out and happy and mm. singing and um the intensity though hey like I remember well I forgot about this actually and Meg reminded me in our final appointment that I looked up and was like I said to Kate this is more intense than I thought it was going to be um the pressure and the intensity I wouldn't describe it as even pain it wasn't what I would thought like pain of what you can picture of a baby coming out Mm. but it was just the intensity of the the surges because it was quite quick and I just felt this urge to just bear down and push mm-hmm. um where I thought I would just breathe my baby out you know like breathe yeah. breathe just focus on the breathing but I was like no I want to go with this I want to push and feel my power um but I'm very very grateful that Meg did sort of help me slow down a bit like she she said you know just have a breath like it didn't have to go that quick and I was like very grateful because I think I would have just like yeah I wanted to avoid tearing yeah so then um so Meg says to Jack do do you want to get do you reckon you want to get in the pool and he's like oh if Roxy wants me to and I'm like nah nah it's too (laughs) now nah it's it's a bit too early and she was like if you want to get in the pool I I reckon you should get in the pool soon and he was like I think I, I might need to go to the loo and she goes make it quick so he he dashes off to the loo and I'm like oh Okay, Meg, Meg thinks it's pretty close, but I didn't feel like I was that close. Wow. But actually going back a tiny bit of that was, you know, we always read about and hear about transition and that like crisis of confidence that women mm-hmm. can go through. Um, and for me, I think that that was at some point while I was pushing in, in the pool, I could, I reached down to feel um, the head and I felt something there, but I was convinced that it wasn't a head oh no <laughs> I was like oh guys it's not a head <laughs> and they were like well what, what what is it then and I'm like I don't know but it's not a head and they're like 
I think it's probably ahead. Like I wasn't oh, no. I, like I wasn't saying it's not ahead thinking it's a, another part of the body. I was yeah. thinking that I said, I think maybe like my cervix is swollen and it's it's just a big swollen cervix and <laughs> the baby can't come through. Like I was doubting that it could come through because my cervix yeah. was like so swollen and but actually what it was was he he was um he presenting from like the side of his head like the top left hand side of his head mm-hmm. um so it felt like it was not almost like the size of a head and it was all wrinkly like a peach but it was all just his skin all squashed up and it mm-hmm. just felt really I just was like it's not a head yeah. and they just did a really good job of being like everything's fine everything's perfect and I was like okay okay and I remember saying it really also does feel like I'm pushing him out of my butt, doesn't it? Like you, you, re, you, you read it that it's, it feels like they're not coming out of your vagina. It feels like mm. they're coming out of your bottom. And honestly, that is how it felt at one point. Um, and so, yeah, Meg, Meg said, go to the loo, make a quick jack. And when he, he got in and um, we were just like in absolute like – a loving love labor land together. Mm. I could just, whew, I could, I felt so connected to him and baby. And we were just like in this little love bubble, the, the three of us. And mm. the next sort of surge, his head was out and mm. we, oh my God, I can't even explain that feeling. And that moment we were just like laugh crying and just so happy and excited and we're like holy shit I like I was shocked I was like I can't, be, can't believe we're already here like I had his hand in my his head in my hand and I just said to Jack like look look you, you have to see have you seen and he was like no, no no I'll see him when he's out I'll see I'll see I think he said her I think he's like, I'll see her when she's out and I was like no no you have to see and he was like oh my god and he, he looked and and the next surge his whole body just like flew out and it felt like he was like this slippery little fish hey I was like (laughs) and we both we both just like grabbed him and we're just high 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 emotions just like holy shit and literally at the same time we both saw it was a boy at the same time and we're just like it's a boy and we just bawled our eyes out (laughs) and hugging him and just like oh, that moment and just like I just kept saying to him, Mama's here, Mama's here, Daddy's here and just crying and we're just like we made it. Like we did this. We birthed this baby at home in this water and I just felt euphoric. Like the feeling of after he was here Mm. was just pure euphoria. Mm. And looking around, everyone was just basking us in love and, and Taj was there, our doggy. He, like, the one thing I absolutely, well, one of the many things I love about having our video is seeing all those little moments that you, you're you not fully there for. Like, yeah. You, yeah, you're just in your own little labor world. And he, our little dog, Taj, he was just there every step of the way, like, in every room that we were in. And he was around the birth pool and he, he was there. As soon as he was born, he was like, woohoo, I want to yeah. see this human. And it Bless was so him. beautiful. How was the birth of your placenta and how long did it take? Yeah, so my placenta came, I think it was an hour 40, mm-hmm. about an hour 40 after he was born. So, and I think honestly I could have had my placenta earlier, but I genuinely felt like I was almost in a day spa. <laughs> That's how what? amazing, you just, like I stayed in my, the, the, the midwives were like, you stand for as long as you need, there's no rush, you've got, you know, just reassuring me that everything was perfect, everything was fine. And I was like, sweet, yeah, I'm feeling great. Um eventually I was like yeah I want to get out of the pool and I went and we had set up in our lounge just in the room right next to it like a bed and Mm -hmm. I just lay on the bed and they came and they gave me some beautiful massage on my legs and like with some oils and sniffing some beautiful oils and they were giving me some afterbirth tea and I literally felt like I was in day spa I was so relaxed and comfortable and in this love bubble with my beautiful husband and my baby and then I felt like there were some surges um, happening, but I wasn't really going with them. And eventually, you know, they were encouraging me to get the placenta out. But I think I was like, okay, if I want to get this placenta out, I need to stand up. So I went out, they got this um, birth stool. And as soon as I sat down on the birth stool, the next surge, I, it just, and when it came out, I was like, oh, that is what I'm meant to feel like. It was just such a relief. And I was finally just, you know, empty <laughs> it was the weirdest feeling weirdest feeling but I was like 
this is what I was meant to feel like. I'm like, mm. okay, the placenta's out and I feel good. Did you do anything special with your placenta? So I chopped like some chunks off. <laughs> it's pretty pretty gross but pretty <laughs> awesome as well. I chopped some chunks off and I had um, seven days worth in smoothies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the rest we have saved in the freezer for – uh, to plant a tree. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Any particular tree? We haven't chosen one yet because Jack and I, um, every year for our wedding anniversary, we plant a tree. So we've planted a tree every year. So this year will be a really special one for both our wedding anniversary and for our baby. Mm-hmm. So we'll definitely plant one at the Amity house, like the Stratty house. Oh, awesome. That'll be beautiful. So maybe like a mango tree or abo i don't know because for those that don't know you guys named him after amity point over at stradbroke which is basically your second home yes amity point the most beautiful sunsets Mm. over the water in the world with dolphins and heaven on earth absolute paradise Mm. and that's my baby boy (gasps) yes and he was always meant to be your little boy he was and you know what? I look back on it and I'm like, I went through on so many walks on that Amity Beach mm. and every t- – like I always thought it was a girl other than when I was walking on those beaches and I was like, maybe the- it wouldn't be so bad. It would be quite good <laughs> if there was a little Amity in there. I'm like, yeah, okay, there's a little Amity in there. There is definitely something super special, isn't there, about boys? Heaven. Oh, yeah. no, yeah. There's really is something, something special about a mama-son bond, hey? It's a lot, hey. It's healed a lot. I, no, I was telling you, it's healed a lot of my, how I feel about the masculine, I guess. Mm. I feel like I can fully appreciate and see, like, the little boy in everyone now, like all, mm. all men. And I love that. Yeah. That's, that's a beautiful a whole, way of looking at it. It's a lot. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I'm going to ask this, even though I know the answer, but I'm going to ask anyway. Is there anything you would do differently next time around? Oh, no. I Meg, Meg, Meg asked me the same thing. I literally feel like I had the most – It was. it felt like a dream, a dream birth for yeah, me. It um, was. <laughs> the majority of women would consider that a dream birth. <laughs> It was quick too, quick and mm. beautiful and loved up and I just felt so supported. My birth team were absolutely perfect. I felt like I had done – I felt so proud of myself for all the work that I had done and the space that we had created for it and the connections and, oh, yeah. yeah. You should be really proud of yourself too because a lot of people don't understand the deep work that it takes to sort of get to that place of completely trusting in the process and not allowing your fears to block you. Like you you doing all of that work has paid off. It wasn't just luck. Yeah, it's so true. And the thing is like I'm pretty sure, is it? I think it's International Women's Day today and I just feel like there's like every woman <laughs> – like we have this power in us and yeah. we just need to trust and believe in our bodies and do the work and, and yes, prepare for whatever whatever fears are coming up are coming up for a reason. Do do the work, clear those fears, have a plan, have yeah, have a plan B and a plan C, but we can do this and I'm feel so passionate about it and so in love with the female body, absolutely in awe with the female body. I did actually also want to mention because um, that I did have a little tear because mm-hmm. I think it's um, important to, to you know, normalise this as well. I think that women a lot of the time are so, 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 so fearful of tearing. They're just like, oh, no, we need to do all the things to make sure. Fear. Yeah, which is funny. One of my girlfriends, for Emma, like, we, we, we spoke about it and I remember when someone said to me, um, are you scared of tearing? I was like, no, I'm not scared of tearing because I know like our yonis are similar tissue as inside the mouth. And think about when you get like an ulcer or anything, how quickly that heals. Mm. And I just was like, I just trust that whatever happens, um, my body will can heal and it can. And so I had a little, um, a small second degree tear and I just uh, had – like rested with um, my legs shut for days. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you want to be resting anyway when you when you've given just given birth, and oh, uh, it was literally healed in five days. Wow! I looked and I was like, "Whoa, amazing! Like incredible, incredible!" Don't recommend looking earlier than five days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
swelling. I was just going to say, like, to, to mamas after giving birth, like, just don't look for <laughs> until the swelling is gone because you will be, like, terrified. But just trust and know, holy moly. Goes incredible. back to Wow. Better than normal. It's mm. amazing. Yeah. So funny. Yeah, so funny. Katie actually said that to me. She's like, don't look yeah. until. And I was like, I looked. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just keeping it real, you know. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's so funny. funny. What advice do you have for any expectant mums out there? If they're, oh, well, if, if, if they were before um, conception, I would say focus on that preconception health. Mm-hmm. Focus on your cycle, connecting with your cycle. I feel like the quality and love and connection you have with your cycle will set you up for um, your pregnancy. So, like, even as far as to going to looking at what your first experience with um, getting your period was like because I feel like um, Jane Hardwick Collins talks about the gateway that you enter the birthing portal at is the gateway that you left um, when you entered Monarch, so when you had your first period. So um, it's it's – yeah, look into that a little bit more um, if you're preconception. And if you're already pregnant, I would say yoga, get those hips opening. Mm-hmm. I did um, yoga, you know, at the beginning, just even just once a week. It doesn't have to be crazy. You don't have to bust your butt. But just, you know, opening your body, moving your body, um, drinking a lot of water, get some sunlight and, and reduce stress. There's evidence even like mindful colouring can reduce. It's just basically getting um, reducing stress, being really present um, and trusting, trust in your body, trust in your baby, have an, the amazing, have um, the birth team that you feel comfortable with, mm-hmm. birth in the location that you feel most comfortable and safe in and know what that means. Yeah. So if you birth in hospital, know what that, that, what that comes with and have the support that you need probably that and read all the books and listen to Sky's podcast (laughs) (laughs) I didn't pay her to say that guys but thanks Roxy oh my babe I love you so much I love you thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your incredible journey no thank you so much forever in awe of you my babe no thank you so much Sky honestly you're like what you're doing is moving mountains in the in the birth world Mm. and I just Mark my words, this is going to be huge and I'm so grateful for you and I love you so much. (laughs) Stop, man. I'm going to cry. Love you. That brings us to the end of the show, guys. What a journey. I don't know about you, but after listening to Roxy's story, I'm feeling seriously inspired to learn more about my cycle. If you guys want to see Roxy's birth video, which I highly suggest you do, you can watch that over on her Instagram page, but I do warn you, Get a box of tissues ready because you will need every single one of them. Let me know what you think of today's show over on the PBA Instagram and I'll see you guys next week for another episode of Positive Birth Australia.